0: And you look for is this person going to be a force for good inside of my organization because we're hiring people that we know can perform but i'm looking for more than that what Mm -hmm. can they do to help the rest of us elevate high tides rise all boats and i'm looking for those people that are going to drive those things up by really understanding what more can they contribute besides those numbers
1: Welcome to the Sales Prescription Podcast with Ron Halbert and Rusty Jensen. You know, there's all kinds of problems that can prevent you from being successful personally and professionally. And we are here to write you some highly effective and broad spectrum sales prescriptions. And all you have to do is fill them. You know, today we have a very special guest on the podcast, Craig Wendler. Now, Craig is the Director of Business Development and Lead Generation at LiveVox. And Craig is incredibly intelligent. He knows a ton about building a great culture, great organization. He has made a tremendous impact on his company at LiveVox. He's super smart. He's data driven. And he is literally one of the best people that I have ever worked with in terms of just having a a colleague who's bought in, who's excited. That's actually kind of funny. I recruited Craig years ago, right? I was like, hey, I'm going to hire him. And I don't think I put anybody through a a more aggressive hiring process, right? (laughs) I don't think so.
2: How many, okay, so how many interviews did you do?
1: I think it was 17
0: interviews with 12 different people. <laughs> yeah. Do you like how I just knew that right off the top yeah, of my no, head? No, that I, was it, a,
1: it's it's a, scar. <laughs> it's, it's
0: a scar. I was two of those. That's I, right. He you went through two, two interviews
2: us. with me and, and another colleague at the time.
1: I don't know. I don't know if I could just get over the long hair. I think maybe that was my, but I, I remember doing it. And it's funny because he would text me all the time and he would text me, you know, like Star Trek. So he would text me pictures of like Captain Picard and, you know, <laughs> yep. stuff like that. And he would like send me jokes. And I was just like, man, this guy is. He's just cool. You know, and I remember saying, all right, I'm going to hire Craig. We're going to bring him on. And let me just tell you, one of the best decisions I've ever made. Craig is fantastic.
2: I'm stoked for this episode because I've worked with Craig for how long we worked together? Seven years, seven, eight 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 years, somewhere in that vicinity. And one of the best colleagues you can ask for one of the best coworkers. And what makes Craig great is what he's known for. In fact, if you follow him on LinkedIn, you'll probably see that he gets tagged quite a bit by former employees, current employees. He is known for being a culture leader. And that's why we asked him to come on today is we want to talk about culture. We want to talk about how positive culture can impact your organization, how to create a positive culture, and why you should create a positive culture. And also, if you are an employee looking for a new job, why you should make sure it's a good culture before you accept the position.
1: Absolutely. You've got to make the right decision yep. when it comes to going to the right company and culture is not ping pong and, you know, Bon Jovi at nope. your kickoff. I mean, not, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, we're gonna, that have, we're right have dive bon into bon about it. It. I have some thoughts on that. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to, we're going we're gonna to talk about that, but um, I think it's fantastic. We're excited about it. Yeah.
2: Overall. So, so I, f- I have to start us off with this question, Craig is choosing people for culture a conscious decision or are you just naturally good at finding people that are great from a cultural perspective
0: you know it's it's definitely a choice right and by the way i'm going to listen to this podcast if my self-esteem is ever low cuz that introduction is doing wonders for my <laughs> self-esteem right now you guys are very generous i appreciate that the truth but no i i do choose culture i choose to hire for culture i like culture the culture of a company is extremely important to me I remember my mom once told me that you can either do what you love or love what you do. And so it's important to me to create an environment with which people can thrive, where they feel like they belong, that they feel like they're important, that they're valued, that their opinions matter, that they can actually make an impact on the organization. A lot of intangibles. Uh, and I choose to like seek those things out and really, really drive that and create that inside of the environment that we work.
2: Awesome. And I can attest that that's exactly what Craig does. And, and, and I'm going to tell you this, if you're a leader out there, It should be a conscious decision for you to hire for culture. You should be looking for people that are great team players. You should be looking for people that are highly recommended by their peers at a former company. I'm a huge fan and a huge proponent of doing personal background checks. Mm -hmm. I love to call people at the organization and just say, Hey, how do you like working for Craig? And when people are saying, Oh man, he's awesome. I love him or her. That's the kind of person you want to bring into your organization. They will actually make your entire organization or your team better. So you're not just getting a, a good rep. You're getting someone that's going to make all of your current reps even better at their job than they currently are. So you're getting more out of them than just one contributor. And that's why hiring for culture is so important.
1: And you and you cannot overestimate the pain that can be caused by putting the wrong kind of people and throwing, you know, it's, it's kind of like one bad apple ru- mm. ruins the whole bushel because yeah, you're in there to eat an apple. And then the, the thing that's all rotten and nasty and it's leaking its juices all over your, your tasty apples. Like that's the kind of stuff that you want to eat. Yeah. Sours. So you don't even want to eat the rest of them anymore because of that experience. Totally.
0: You know, Ron, one of the things I like to do when I interview people, I know we'll talk to this a little bit, but when I interview, I even ask people about their references, you know, like who are these people? How did you know them? you know, like, let's talk about them a little bit just so that you can kind of get context for when you do those background checks, I think also really helps.
2: For Sure.
1: So Craig, tell us, tell us this. I mean, how would you define a good and positive sales culture?
0: Yeah. That's one of my favorite questions. I think that a really positive culture is one that celebrates success. I think a really positive culture has a lot of healthy competition. I think a positive culture is one where everybody is striving to the same goal together And they're willing to take everybody with them. It's a culture of abundance. It's a culture of wanting to see everybody else succeed. It's a culture of seeing people accomplish goals, get promoted, move up and on. And everybody's celebrating those success. What's really interesting is I've been to a lot of other offices. I've got friends that work at other places. And one of my favorite things is when I see things that look like they're positive, but I think that they're kind of just like paving over culture that may not be as positive. Everybody's seen sales floors that have Nerf guns. Everybody's seen sales floors that have music and they have the attitude of this work hard, play hard. And it's not that any of those things are inherently wrong. I've owned plenty of Nerf guns in the office myself, but I think that those things are there so that they can like sometimes fake positive culture. Mm. It's like, look how positive it is. Look, people are playing. There's a ping pong table over there. We have positive culture but that doesn't mean that people are driving those success metrics. It doesn't mean they're happy when they see their colleagues being successful. It doesn't mean that their colleagues are going to help them be more successful that they're sharing ideas and that everybody is moving forward and bought into the goal and living the company's culture motto like it it just sometimes i feel like there are ways that you fake good culture that aren't real. It's not
1: sincere. You know that that's interesting because i i think about some of these things often because i like to think deep, right? I like to delve into the, the mysteries. We things. know, we know that about you, right? Yeah, we, you know, we the listen, deep thinker, the deep thinker but there's these nuances where we, we're, uh, you know, out on the front. It's almost like a Facebook page that this is how cool we are. We're great. We're cool. We're great. But when you get into some sales cultures, one of the things I've seen, Craig is some people are really kind of aggressive against each other. Mm-hmm. They don't like when other people are more successful than they are. And, and it's, and and they actually become kind of like a little bit toxic. Like when somebody's successful and gets congratulated and then everybody else is just kind of negative toward it. Yep. Talk to me a little bit about kind of the, the depth of that a little bit and, and what you mean by like when people are, for example, celebrating successes of others or Mm -hmm. have a good positive competition, what do you mean by those things? Yeah. I mean, everybody has the
0: very tangible quotas, right? Everybody's carrying a bag. Everybody has metrics that they need to hit. What's hard is there's there's two different things that can happen. If I see you being really successful, I can either A, be jealous. I can be envious. I can think that somehow you're cheating the system. You're getting an unfair advantage. I stew on those things. And that creates just in my own self kind of some toxicity, and I can go around and I can tell all my other colleagues, like, you know, this guy over here, he's cheating the system somehow. There's no way he's being this successful. That's bad culture. You got to watch out for that. And there's, there's things you can do about it. We'll talk about that in a minute. But positive culture is when somebody's being successful and I say, you know what? If he's doing it, I can do it. And I can be happy for him. And when I do it, he's going to be happy for me. And that person is going to help me be more successful. I'm going to see what he's doing. I'm going to emulate it. I'm going to take all the best practices he's got. I'm going to be very open in my conversations about wanting to be better and looking for the, for some real feedback that's genuine and going to make me a better rep. And when I start being successful and that culture starts getting shared across the entire team, that's very positive culture. That's a culture that's going to be successful. That's going to take reps that are struggling and move them to new levels. That's why it's so important that you create this healthy competition. You don't want cutthroat competition. You don't want to, to win by saying I can either win by beating the other person or I can win by making the other person do worse than me. Mm. Right. Mm. And, and you see, and one's a lot easier than the other. That's why you've always got to motivate and promote those very positive behaviors and really emphasize that and be an example of it yourself. I listened to your guys' you know, last couple podcasts and my favorite's about getting promoted and just being like a good corporate citizen, being part of the organization, being bought in. There's a lot of very positive things that you guys talked about from a culture standpoint that will help you get promoted as well. So this isn't just about you and this one job and hitting your number this month, this quarter. This is about you as a person at this organization and your potential for how much you can grow there as well. Right. One thing I, I want to mention as well is Craig talked about this like fake
2: culture, this fake positive culture that exists. When you think about the real reason that you're going to work, the real reason that I'm leaving my family for eight to 10 hours a day and going to an office, it's not to play nerf. right? Mm-hmm. It's not to play ping pong. It's not to have happy hours, right? I'm going there to earn money, to learn And develop myself to improve my career, to put my family in a better position overall. So the best cultures in the world are ones that foster that deeper need beyond the nerf. Now, it is fun, especially if you're in a cold calling culture where you're getting a lot of frequent rejection. There's absolutely nothing wrong with blowing some steam off, going playing some ping pong, you know, shooting your buddy in the eyeball with a nerf gun or whatever you're doing around the office, right? But that is a band-aid mm-hmm. for what real culture should be. Because real culture should be, I want to help my peers provide for their families or for themselves or accomplish their life goals. I want to help them earn money. And I want them to help me do the same right? And for some people, I know it's not about family. It might be about travel. It might be about whatever your life goal is, the best cultures in business help get you to those life goals.
0: I agreed. You know, I, I, I see a lot of sales leaders sometimes that want to improve the culture. So they put a ping pong table out on the floor and say, this is going to improve culture. You might improve fun and it might be exciting for a few minutes, but yeah. that, that's not going to improve your culture.
1: You know, that uh, kind of reminds me of a really good cultural experience that I had. My first sales development prospecting job in software, it was such an interesting environment. So we had some really high octane people. So John Notwell is a CRO at Well Health. He hired a group of people and he brought in some people that he knew were very motivated, high octane kind of people. But they were also really good culture people. And I remember, you know, we, we got on that team and everybody had a nickname right? Everybody had a nickname. My name was Wall Street because, <laughs> because I had like a suit jacket. I had like a mock neck. I've seen pictures okay, of this, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. you so call me Wall Street. But what was really cool is that actually everybody on the team was overly positive and energetic about complimenting the others. They'd always say, look, it's so great that we have the team we have. It's so great to see you and the successes you have. And they would go out of their way to tell them uh, about the successes they've had and the things they admire. And we had people like Dana Coates who's now a VP, Darren Cannon who's a director, uh, myself on this team, you know, Rob Enslow who's who's an entrepreneur has had multiple companies. And these are really high octane people. And what was interesting is the competition was aggressive. There was those fun things, you know, you'd stop every hour and do a bunch of push-ups and, and get mm-hmm. excited and everything. But I, but I remember that the competition was really aggressive. And Dana Coates would always win, Um, but it was really aggressive, but we were also happy for other people to be successful. Mm -hmm. And that is much different than what you talked about, Craig, which is people Mm -hmm. who look at others when they're successful and they're negative and try to bring them down. Yep. To bring themselves up.
2: One of my favorite quotes, uh, we had a rep who uh, said this one time, I won't say who it was, but he said, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. Right. And let me tell you this, making friends will make you more money in the long run. Yep. Creating a very good, positive network where people you can learn from, people you can teach. And we all know you get better at something when you teach it. Oh, yeah. Right. So all of these things are good, right? So if you're here to make money, then you're also here to make friends. You're also here to help your peers. You're also here to be that person that people can rely on right? That's what you are. So I want to ask this question, Craig, you hire a lot of people in your current role over at LiveOx. And by the way, LiveOx is a great company for those that have not heard of it yet. What what do you guys do over at LiveOx again? It's uh,
0: Yeah, we're a leader in cloud contact center technology. Okay, Great technology, PBX, IVR, ACDs, WFO, WFM, everything that you would need in a contact center. Absolutely fantastic technology.
2: Awesome. And when you're hiring your team over there, because right now, Craig has both the, the demand gen as well as the SDR BDR org.
0: How do you hire for a positive culture? Let's talk about the hiring process and Absolutely. what you're looking for through it. You know, sales is an interesting game because there are very tangible things that you hire for. What were the KPIs at your last job? How well did you succeed against those KPIs? What were the metrics? Uh, you know, how did you achieve those? You should always ask that. Great things to talk about. But culture is a, is a lot harder thing because it's not nearly as tangible. So I like to ask people questions about what did you do to help other people succeed at your last job? What did other people do to help you succeed at your last job? I love understanding like, what is it that really motivated you to work? Like, did you go to bed Sunday night dreading to go to work on Monday? If yes, why? If no, why? And you really are trying to understand what it is about this person that makes them tick besides just those numbers and those KPIs. And you look for, is this person going to be a force for good inside of my organization? Right. Because we're hiring people that we know can perform, but I'm looking for more than that. What Mm -hmm. can they do to help the rest of us elevate? You know, the high tides rise all boats. And I'm looking for those people that are going to drive those things up by really understanding what more can they contribute besides those numbers.
2: Right, one thing that Rusty did at at our last organization is he created this hiring guide. Right, we all worked together on it. But what I loved is like the first principle that we looked for was called the No Jerk Rule. You Mm -hmm. remember that was like the Mm -hmm. first the first principle that we looked for, right? But that was hiring for culture, and we came up with a list of those questions. that Craig was
0: talking about the section was even titled General Team Fit. And if you remember, on how many people did we interview together? And we always spent the most amount of time on general team fit.
1: Yep. Yeah. The the no jerk rule is kind of the politically correct version. It's really no
0: (laughs) a-holes. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to make it a
1: little more correct
0: on there, but yeah, I agreed. You know, I even want to add on to that. And this is, this is another plug for LiveOx. What's really (laughs) cool is LiveOx has this, this theme inside of their culture. They call it the LiveOx way. And it's the idea that you never blame anybody for a problem. You're always looking for a solution. You know, if you see something that's wrong, Blaming somebody for that problem or just trying to point the finger at, well, that's not my problem, that's their problem, is not the Live Ox way. You know, saying, what can I do to help? What can I do to be a positive contributing factor to this challenge? And that's what I'm going to do. And I got to admit, I see a lot of people in the organization that truly embrace that. And I think that that provides a positive culture that transcends departments, which is extremely good and healthy and wonderful. And it, it honestly makes my life a lot easier there because I have to work with a lot of other groups. It's not just sales. It's not just marketing. I need finance support. I need support from product. We need support from our HR department and people ops. And and that culture that transcends those departments is something that really helps. I love that.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. So, Craig, I've got this question, which is... As a leader, as you're kind of building out an organization and you're, you're leading day to day Mm -hmm. and you're trying to maintain a really healthy culture, which we've kind of defined as you've got people that have great competitive aspects to them, but they're positive competition. Yep. You've got people that are supportive to one another, an abundance mentality, also propensity to want to progress and grow. And they kind of all feed on each other's energy. So as a leader, how do you maintain that? What are some of the things that you do to keep a culture
0: strong? Absolutely. You guys have already actually touched on some of this stuff. I don't believe you can ever have too much positivity inside of an organization like this. Sales faces rejection all the time. Like The job is hard enough as is. They don't need anybody else making it harder for them. So- I'm very positive with everybody. I'm extremely positive in my feedback. I look for things that people are doing well and I look to enable them in order to help build their confidence that they can do other things really well too. So I I have a big focus on positivity and making sure that people feel valued. Now, the other part I'm even gonna reference back your, your last podcast about getting promoted was absolutely fantastic. I love how often you guys talked about being sincere and being genuine. I legitimately, sincerely care about the people that I work with. I care about their lives outside of work. I care about their lives inside of work. I know who their families are. I know what their pets are. I care about what they like to do for fun. I look for ways that I can that I can kind of like inject myself into those things. I look for those commonalities so we can talk about it. Uh, I'm looking at Ron. I mean, how many members of our book club did we have at <laughs> yeah, Nice and Contact? Right. You know, I mean, that was just fun. And, and all these other events that we would do just to be part of the culture because it matters to other people. And if it matters to them, it matters to me. Well, well, not to mention your biker gang. Oh, that's right. We've got our motorcycle club, the Wasatch Wolfpack, the Wasatch Wolfpack. There's a good plug for all of them listening out there. You know, I even remember this experience. We just were participating in this thing called corporate games. You play, you know, games against other companies. And I remember that they needed a person to show up and we played ultimate Frisbee just so we went at four foot. We had five people versus the other teams, nine people. And so absolutely we got slaughtered. And I remember the other team was even kind of doing a self-imposed mercy rule because they could see how hard we were trying to compete, even though we had no chance. But I still talk to the people that played in that game with me where we got beat five versus nine, because that was something that really brought us together as a group. And they weren't even necessarily all in sales. They were in different departments. And those kind of things really help build positive culture. If you care about other people and it's got to be real, it can't be fake.
1: It just doesn't work if it's fake. Yeah, well, because people can see it. They can feel it. Oh, absolutely. They can detect that. I mean, it has to be genuine. And if people just commit to be genuinely interested in helping one another and being successful and partnering together as a team to kind of drive the company forward and they really have a genuine attitude, it makes all the difference. Yep.
2: It's you know? contagious too. And, and Rusty, you guys have both heard me say this before, but one of the only things in life that gets bigger the more you give it away is emotion. Mm -hmm. If I give you positive emotion, you're going to experience and it's actually going to make it bigger in you. And then you're going to return that emotion back to me, which is going to make it bigger in me as well. The same happens for negative emotion, right? Don't be the person at your organization that brings the negativity. There are good things and there are bad things that will happen every single day. Always. There's a proper way to handle the negative things. You follow the proper channels. You go to your leader. You talk about the specifics of what's happening. You got to get yourself an M M&M and M there. there uh, Wait, you, you get
1: an M M&M and M or a Skittle, Greg. I got an M. M&M. Are, are there Skittles in there?
2: There's there, Skittles. There's in there. both.
1: That's
0: guys. That is that is me. <laughs>
1: well, a, you know, this is
0: it's a big mystery.
2: <laughs> exactly right. Wow. Okay. But overall, you have to be the person that if there's something wrong with the process, if there's something wrong with the organization, you do need to bring it up to the right people. Yes. Like you need to fix it. Right. There's, there's nothing wrong with bringing up that, but the way you do it will tell a lot about who you are, in my opinion. Absolutely. If you're going to your peers and you're saying, man, this is so stupid that product didn't produce this specific thing. And they're terrible with their release schedules and yada, yada, yada. Right. That's not a good way to go about it. No. If we need something from product, in order to be more successful in sales, there's a proper channel to follow to get it to product. Because here's the thing you have to remember. No one in your organization is trying to fail, right? We are all humans that are trying to be successful in life. Mm -hmm. We're all trying to improve. We're all trying to help each other. No one is sitting in a cubicle, you know, three rows down from you thinking, how can I screw over Craig today? (laughs) right? They're not thinking that. They're just humans that are doing the best they can. And there are always things that can improve for you as much as anyone else. When you follow the proper channels, when there is negative things that happen, you can actually make the company better. But be negative with your peers, bring people down. That makes it really hard, especially in sales. When I'm making cold calls, and I'm getting rejection constantly. And then I turn to the person that sits next to me in hopes to get some positivity so that I can get back in the gear. And all I hear is, man, this sucks. Did you see what they had? They brought in for lunch today. That's a terrible meal, you know, and you get complaints and more negativity. What's that going to mean when you get back on the phone to try and sell more? It's not going to help you. It's going to carry over. And it's going to be hard for you to carry that positivity for the people that you're selling to.
1: Yeah, that's right. And then the other thing too, is you also have to focus on what you can control Mm -hmm. and you can always talk about and say, Hey, this is a potential problem, but always have the attitude of, okay, here's the problems, but I'm going to do the best with the deck I've been given. Whatever hand I've been dealt, I'll do the very best I can with it. And I'll still advocate up, but I'm gonna do the best I can and be positive because I guarantee you, as you said, everybody is going to have situations where there is something wrong. Mm -hmm. Nothing is ever perfect. There's always something wrong. So do the best you can within the sphere of what you can control. One more thing real quick, Rusty. I learned this from you and this is important.
0: Something you taught me years and years and years ago. So I don't even know if you remember this. The way that I view problems is the problem is the problem and people are solutions to the problem. You don't look at people like they're the problem. What you do is you say, what is the problem that we need to solve? That's the problem. What are the people that are the assets that are going to help us solve that problem? And if you look at things that way, it really helps contribute to a positive culture because then the people feel like I can influence and help this problem become not a problem. I can become better at this. But if you look at the person like that person is the problem, you create a vicious cycle of toxicity that is very hard to back out
1: of. That's powerful. That's very powerful. And I think that's that's a very good point. Craig, I have kind of a question about from a leadership standpoint and keeping culture strong, everybody encounters this potential situation. A lot of sales leaders encounter this situation, which is what do you do with a top performer who's hitting numbers? Mm -hmm. That's negative. That's aggressively competitive. That's demeaning. That steps on other people. When you see things like that,
0: what do you do? I'll tell you what, the first thing I'm going to tell you is that in my opinion, is one of the most difficult situations to deal with because if they're a top performer and they're hitting numbers, that's good. You want that. But if they're bringing down the rest of the team, you really need to take a hard look at how much that negative impact is impacting the rest of your people's ability to be successful and really do a cost benefit analysis to say, what is it that is more important to me? Now, The first thing that I would do is I would look to say, is there a way that we could flip this person around? What can we do to change their attitude? Can we turn a negative person into a positive person? What is that going to take? It might take some very candid conversations. It might just take like coaching them to some self-awareness and being very positive in that criticism to say, Hey, I think that you can do this. This is going to make a big difference for you. Where do you want to go in your career? I can help you get there, but it's going to require you to make some changes. Like, is it important to you to, to get there? Then let's make the changes. I mean, ultimately in some very extreme situations, I actually think it's better to cut ties with somebody that's causing that kind of negativity and toxicity because they're just bringing down the rest of your people. And you might have some people that can actually hit that same big number and just haven't been able to because they're
1: sitting right next to that person. Yeah, and you can't have someone in an organization that hits their own numbers, but then reduces everybody else's productivity by 30%. Yeah. That it doesn't take much math. Having experienced it myself,
0: though I sympathize with the leaders that are faced with that
1: decision. That's a tough place to be. It's hard because you, you want to hit numbers. You want to be successful. It's hard to make those cuts. But at the end of the day, if you're disciplined and you're doing the right things and you put the right people in place, it's going to pay dividends. And because you have to have a culture and a dynamic where people support one another and want to help each other to be successful. Nobody wants to come into the office and sit next to like a bully no, who, who makes them uncomfortable. I mean, you, just, you can't.
2: You yeah, can't. It's, it's your responsibility as a leader to make sure that it is a safe place for everyone to work, mm-hmm. to make sure that the people that work for you can accomplish their life goals. And if they're in a situation where they're going to work and they're dreading it because of someone that they work with that brings constant negativity, it's your responsibility to change that. And I've seen it done in a couple ways. So I'll explain the first one I've seen before is by not terminating the employee, but physically moving them. Mm -hmm. So I've seen situations where reps have been moved to permanent work from home status or moved to a different desk because the people around them need a break or whatever else. And it's a difficult conversation to have with the rep, right? But part of the problem is most leaders are afraid to have this conversation with the top performer. Mm -hmm. They're afraid to go to the rep and say, this is what we're seeing from your peers. This is what we're hearing from your peers. It's not positive. It's not good. And you're hitting your numbers does not make up for what we're experiencing or hearing from your peers. That conversation is a hard conversation to have, but it's one that you have to be willing to have with those people. And I want to mention this as well. This is a little bit of a change of topic, but one of the things that Craig taught me when we worked together, and and I thought this was super strange when we first started working together, you'll probably think of this too rusty. (laughs) I don't know what he's (laughs) going to say. I don't either. Craig has this thing that he does where he compliments people often. Mm. He's a complimenter, right? And that is not common in our culture. It's not common to have a peer come up to you and compliment Mm -hmm. you for something at random, right? Uh, Just unsolicited compliments. And it would be about a lot of different things that Craig would walk up to me. And it would really throw me off like, oh man, like this is weird that someone is complimenting me. And I remember asking Craig about it one time when we first started out working together. I doubt he remembers this, but he told me, he's like, when I see good things, I like to make sure people know that I saw it.
1: Hmm. Yeah. I remember right. that. You and, bet I do. Right.
2: And, and that's really stuck with me for a long time because sometimes people feel like when I give a compliment to someone, when I tell someone what they're doing well, that, that like brings me down somehow. Yeah. It's not true. It's a lie that we tell to ourselves, but a lot of people feel like, well, if I'm telling them they're great, that brings me down. That's that goes not to that true.
0: finite attitude. There's only so much greatness. And if I tell Ron that he's great, that's less greatness for me. Yep. I I don't buy into that at all. Uh, And you're totally right. I do that often. I I look for things that people do well. I point it out, I want to emphasize that I want to enable that, but, but honestly, it is sincere. It's like, I think you do this really well. I'm impressed by this. This is
1: great. So I've got one more question for you, Craig, kind of as we wrap it up here, which is what advice would you have for individual salespeople on how they can contribute to culture and be a team player? This is just going to sound like it's absolutely common
0: sense, but be the coworker that you want to have. Be the coworker that you want other people to have. Be positive. Be very cognizant of your behavior. Just know if you need to blow off a little bit of steam, that's okay. But you really need to focus on being positive. You need to focus on helping. You need to always be looking at what can I contribute to this team in a positive way. Sales is so focused on our quotas. We're focused on our annual numbers. We're focused on president's club. We're focused on closing this deal. And it's so easy to get absorbed into that and just think, well, if I hit this deal, if I hit my quota, then I'm good. If I did those things, I'm great. If I hit 120% of my quota, I'm the best. But that that's not true, right? Because you talk about, you know, some of these toxic people. You could be hurting other people. So if, if you can do all of those things and be a positive impact on your team just know that the sky's the limit for how far you can go in your career. Mm -hmm. So be cognizant of what more can you contribute besides those numbers. And sales is such an interesting job because it truly is quantifiable. I know exactly what you produced. I know exactly what you produced. Uh, I know exactly how much more you need to produce. Mm -hmm. You guys are sales leaders. How often have you even gone to your better sales guys and said, Hey, I need a little bit more out of you because we're not going to hit this number. Like it's very quantifiable, but really my advice to everybody in this industry is if you look at the people that you look up to, you look at your role models, you look at the people you want to get promoted, you want to do more, just take note that they didn't get there by just blowing their number out. They did more. They were positive. They were proactive. They were great culture fits. They believed in the organization. They believed in trying to make it better. And basically everything I was talked about, that, that's my advice. Just be aware of what more you can do.
1: I like it. And at the end of the day, if you can build a great brand for yourself, you can build bridges to other people and nothing bad can come from that. I just look at you guys. You guys are amazing role models. I'm going to
0: return all the compliments you gave me in the intro, but I know that you guys are not going to have trouble getting people to come up here on your podcast. Your networks are deep because people have seen what you've been able to do for them and their careers, your positivity, the drive to help others. And what I like about this, we talk about how this culture can actually make everybody better. When you do those things and go the extra mile for other people, there's no doubt that they'll turn around and pay that back in spades. It's happened to me time and time again, where people come back to me and they want to do something back for me. And so I feel like there's a lot
1: to that. You can
0: never overstate the value of that.
1: It's awesome. Well, you know, the thing that's great is anybody listening to this podcast, if you want to work in a great organization with great people, working with any of us is a great place to go.
2: Yeah, the Um, people that we bring on here are good people. Really, we're going to make sure people that we're meeting with they can provide value to your lives, right? And a lot of these people, like Craig and others that you will meet on future podcasts, they're okay if you reach out. Feel free to reach out to them on LinkedIn talk to them about Craig specifically about his positive culture and what he's doing. He's opening up a monster right now, which is... <laughs> It's
0: because I got a skittle that time and it got stuck in my throat. guys. <laughs> oh, this is
2: a mean trick. This is a mean trick. We're trying to kill our, our, uh, <laughs> our interviewees here, but feel free to reach out to Rusty. Feel free to reach out to myself, reach out to Craig, anybody that we bring onto the podcast. We're
0: here because we want to help people. I'm here because I like totally. these guys. I'm here because they've helped me. I'm willing to help others,
1: which I yeah. think is probably the best final statement around good culture when you're focused on other people being successful as a leader, as an individual, as others, that's secret sauce. Well, Craig, thank you for joining us on the podcast. It's been my pleasure. It's been great. And Ron, as always, Mr. Ron Halbert, it's good to have you. Please keep listening to the Sales Prescription Podcast. We'll have a lot more content for you and we appreciate the time. Thanks, everybody.